It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 119. That is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, how you doing? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I think everybody in the region, media, fans, players, I think everyone was stunned, shocked Thursday morning when the news dropped. Jim Montgomery dropped it. It was a Jim Montgomery, like a, like a Woj bomb. He got like a Monty bomb uh, on this one. Comes out. Opens his presser immediately, says Brad Marchand in for Thursday night against the Red Wings. Now, again, we will preface it with this. This is being recorded prior to the Red Wings game, so we don't have a breakdown of how Marsh, we don't have a breakdown of every stride of Marchand, but I bet Boston Sports Journal will have that uh, tomorrow or today. Sure will. They will. So you can look forward to it there. But here, um, I think there's bigger implications for Marchand. And we'll start here. Uh, just how shocked are you at this? Yeah, really surprised when I think you just look at the fact. And I, again, it's been mapped out for a while now that Marshan was looking at six months, which would have put him around Thanksgiving. And that's in our previous interaction with them talking with them. It's something that Thanksgiving date has been kind of what he circled. He talked about that back during the Bruins golf tournament in mid-September when he caught up on the again in media day. It's the same thing. Like nothing really has changed. Um, again, when we talk about guys who tend to accelerate past that recovery timelines, um, Martian's a guy that would seem to be a prime example of that, right? Like if we, I don't think either of us would have put it past them in terms of coming back mid-November, even early November, which probably would have been like, well, that's a bit of a stretch, but see how it goes. But to have him back essentially a month uh, before when he was supposed to, considering also the severity of the surgery, right? Like this isn't just, you know, cleaning up his knee or anything like this. Like this is, you know, pretty serious hip surgery on both of his hips, double hip surgery, yeah, double hip (laughs) surgery for a guy who's also 34 years old. So um, again, I think we'd all be probably thrilled if he came back around Thanksgiving and was still, 85, 90% of the player he once was, I think people will be happy with that. If he can come back early um, and not rush it, which I think is the main concern, if he can come back, um, get all the clearance from the doctors, which he has, and put himself in the lineup and only miss essentially, what was it, seven games? Seven like if, games. You told, if you told me back in July, August, when I think there was a lot more maybe doom and gloom around this team before Bergeron and Krejci came into the fold, if you told me, like, yeah, Martian's only going to miss seven games, you'd be like, is great. 
And I think the fact that now he's joining a team that is already six, one and zero makes it even better. Like I don't, if we'll see how, if the Bruins were one and six or something like that, or they were three and four, it'd be one thing where it would be like, all right, is he rushing back? Is he putting too much risk out there? The fact that he's already joining a team that's playing really well, it, it also adds a level that, all right, it seems like the doctors and stuff are the ones that aren't really rushing him here and they're giving him the clearance to play. So great news all around for the Bruins. Yeah. This is where I hope they aren't rushing it. Cause again, yeah. he mentioned in the presser in, in his scrum with you guys, you know, that, uh, you know, the doctor told me, x amount of months i said no way that's where again i don't think that there's any like i don't think they're rushing him back but i hope that they aren't right like i there's no need to rush him back you're six and one um and he's 34 double hip surgery i know he's not playing friday night um you know it's kind of like a test run against the red wings on thursday um again i don't think they're rushing him back but they better not freaking be rushing him back because you have no reason to rush him back there's no need there's no need um, and even if it's him being like, no, I want to be out there playing with my teammates, better you wait a little bit. But again, if, if they're telling the full truth and he's back and again, Mitt Montgomery even said, you know, they've had this timeline kind of under wraps. So maybe this has been the timeline all along. Maybe they're the opposite of the Celtics where the Celtics will say like, oh, they're coming back. And then it's like, you know, three more weeks or whatnot. The Bruins are like, oh, you know, yeah, Rob's going to be it- out until yeah. January. Yeah, and then he ends up being out till April. Whereas you know you have uh, you, you, you know you have uh, you have Marchand here who's back way back, way ahead of schedule. So maybe maybe they have a surprise coming on McAvoy or something like that. Uh, who knows? Uh, well, McAvoy seemed to be having fun up in the booth. So I don't think um, I, I don't think McAvoy wants to come back and play. I think he wants to be the the third guy. He's, on making, the he's, he's already he's already pivoting. Yeah, and McAvoy's already out there in practice in a non-contact. So again, he's looking at the same timeline, at least what was there before with Marchand of late November. Again, I don't think he's going to be back next week, but who knows? Is it now going from November 28th to November 21st? Saves you a couple of games. So who, who knows? All of a sudden this team, for as much as I think the the main narrative was, all right, they got to stay afloat, got to get healthy. And we said that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we will gladly own it. I don't think that was a stretch to be like, this team could be in for some rough, uh, tough sledding, you know, to start the year. We're now in a spot where in another two weeks, the Bruins could be back at full health, barring any other late injuries. But And the other thing is like, and again, it's only seven games, eight after uh, Thursday night when you'll be listening to this. You know, they could have lost 100 to nothing to the Red Wings. I mean, who really knows? That'd be wild. But that would be pretty crazy. Martian right back up in the right. Yeah, box. exactly. Have fun up there. Um, but it, I don't know. I, I'm not around the team every day, so I can't speak to this. You are. And again, maybe I'm looking way too early at things. But isn't there kind of something about this team? Again, I know it's so early to say that, but, you know, six and one start. Marshan's way ahead of schedule. Uh, they're they're scoring a ton. They're they're finding ways to win. I know they've blown a few leads, but like, is it crazy to think like there's something with this team, or am I way ahead of schedule on that one? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think when you look at just trying to get the pulse of of this team and, and how it is, it's something that I feel like when we talk about this narrative, people automatically are like, "All right, pump the brakes, like relax." And it's but, easy to say that because of past but, seasons. But when you look at, I think the the importance of like Bergeron coming back, of Krejci coming back, I don't think that's something that's just a narrative or it's something that we just talk about because you can draw a parallel to the Last Dance or any of these other, you know other sports franchises where a team puts together one last run. I don't think that's lost on the players themselves that it, it seems like guys are really buying in. They know 
what's at stake. I know they probably won't have another chance after this, barring Bergeron and Krejci coming back another year. Like, I don't think that's all lost on this team. So it's not to say that it's all business as usually, you know, it's all business, no fun or anything like that. It just seemed like it's a very loose uh, locker room, but I think it is something where guys are all buying in right now, knowing kind of what opportunity they have. So even Martian, who's again, he could have rested another few weeks, but I think he wants to join a team that's playing well and help out this team for the amount of respect that I think guys have for Bergeron and Krejci. And if you watch even like behind the B, I think you can kind of glean that a little bit more in terms of just the, almost the reverence some of these guys have for the, the leaders in this room and knowing they only have so many more kicks at the can left. You're seeing a team that I think is very focused in the early going for as much as there's the, the growing pains of a new coach, new system, injuries, all that stuff. Guys are buying in really quickly and it's encouraging to see, and you're seeing those results out there on the ice so far. Yeah. I mean, again, I just think that there's something there's just like that. And again, maybe it's early season, you know, who knows again, we're not even at the end of October. You know, we are at the end of October, but it's not over yet. Um, So again, but I just, I look at Martian returning early and you you wonder when the Pasternak news is going to hit about that contract extension. Um, Maybe he'll, maybe he'll resign for like eight years, like 8 million per. And it's like, okay, everything's just working this year. Isn't it like everything's just headed in that direction. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, But I think the big question is, you know, Martian Brady's in the lineup. We know where he fits on the top line. Where does he help out the most? I mean, to me, I think it's, he gives you some line stability. You finally get a look at, you know, what your forward grouping is going to be when fully healthy, Uh, but also defensively, (laughs) you need some help defensively. You're not, that's one area where they are not spectacular. I know they kind of shut down the stars, which was great to see the stars, one of the best teams in hockey at the moment. Um, But again, I think he does help you killing penalties. I think he helps you in your own zone. Uh, Where do you look at for uh, where he helps out the most? This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, you could make the cop out and say he helps everywhere in terms of even strength, as you said, power play, penalty kill, even just, I think, the emotional lift. I think he's the guy that if you're looking for a momentum changing play, whether it's a, a hit or anything like that, he's generally the guy that generates that. So, I mean, it can't be understated, I think, what his return brings to an already very, very good team. I would probably say the one area that I think he can make an instant impact is on the power play. I think you're seeing it starting to rebound a little bit more. It helps that you know, Pasta gets a, uh, you know, one of his patented one-timer goals from from his office at the left circle, which is encouraging to see. But I think having Martian back out there um, in his usual spot on the half wall, how good he is at finding those passing lanes, how much teams have to account for him. Because if you just leave him unchecked, he can still shoot it from there. He can take it below the net. You know, he can do a whole bunch of different things. He's kind of that 
the Swiss army knife on that, that unit, right? Like, you know, where Pasternak generally is going to be, you know, Bergeron's going to be in the bumper, but I think having Martian out there with his on ice vision, you know, how he can kind of improvise on the fly. I think that's something that's really going to help out this power play that I think you've seen it so far this year. Um, the one thing the Bruins probably could work to improve on is putting games away, right? Like there's been times where, they're holding a one goal lead or a two goal lead in the, the third period. And you just need that extra power play goal to kind of put you over the hump and put that team away. And I think having Alec Martian out there can give that power play another lift and hopefully make it just a little bit easier for some of these games. They they've control play. They've led for a majority of their games so far. Like no, no shit. They're six, one and zero. but like, again, there's no, been a lot of, yeah, but there's hasn't been a lot where you're just like, all right, final 10 minutes of the third period. Like, exhale they're in control of the game yeah on there's been two none points. of it <laughs> so yeah having him out there on that power play having that extra boost i think is where he could make an instant impact for this team even tuesday night i mean for a lot of that third it looked yeah. like it was headed to overtime again like they have been playing to overtime and shootouts a lot recently you're right a guy like him helps that <laughs> an extra goal score out there um and again like all these th- impacts are positive um which obviously he's brad martian safe bet He's going to positively impact the Bruins. We're talking about really safe bets. We're talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your bet needs and sports info. Over at Bet Online, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, NFL bets, and yes, with the NHL back, even more wages and odds. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. From live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the game starts. That's where the game starts. So, uh, you know, obviously, Marshan comes in. We talked about this a lot in the offseason, you know, what he might mean for the rest of the lineup when he comes back in, right? You got Marshan Bergeron, DeBrusque on the first line. Obviously, what does that mean for everybody else? You know, Pavel Zaka, you know, moving down and and and, and all of that fun stuff. And uh, we kind of got to look at that at, at that today at practice. You know, you you tweeted out, you know, the, the projected lineup, at least Marshan Bergeron, DeBrusque, Paul Krejci, Pasternak, Frederick, Coyle, Zaka, Felino, Nosek, Smith. And I find the A.J. Guerrero mission is interesting there. Um, cause I would have expected Greer in, I don't know if Montgomery, I, I, I don't know if Montgomery gave a reason for that. Um, kind of surprising. Are you surprised with these lines, especially with Smith down on that, that fourth line? I know he's been there lately, but with, with, yeah. with um, Martian coming in. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the one thing that's kind of has this lineup, at least the one that's rolling out here for Thursday night, the, the kind of thing that's got the gears kind of stuck i think is frederick because frederick's a guy that well, yeah that's what i mean Frederick's yeah i, I think Greer. that's the one where it's kind of holding things up in terms of frederick also not being able to play on the left side because if you wanted to switch things around and put you know zaka coil smith one where you keep you know smith on the third line hopefully he kind of bounces back zaka you obviously probably want to keep him on the left side i think he's more comfortable there as opposed to the right and then putting Greer back in his usual spot at you know, fourth line, right wing. That seems to be the best way to maximize this lineup. Cause that's the, the problem with Frederick is that, you know, you, you are looking for getting 
the kind of guy with that skill set that he has that not a lot of people in the NHL have, right, in terms of being abrasive, being able to, you know, have a little bit of a higher offensive ceiling. It just hasn't been there yet or hasn't been consistent enough. And the fact that he's not able to play the right side, he's not really on the PK or the power play, you kind of have this guy that you have to give him those, like, you know, 11, 12 minutes of even strength ice time. Yeah, exactly. But um, that's kind of the the one, you know, kind of square peg in the round hole, right? In terms of if you want to move him out, uh, that's where I think could probably settle more into place. Because again, Greer's been kind of up and down, but you still feel like he probably has a higher ceiling in terms of what you can get, especially out of that fourth line. Like I, I, I think we'd all agree that Greer on the fourth line is better for all parties as opposed to Smith. Like Smith on the fourth line doesn't seem to benefit anyone in that regard, right? Like, again, that's not to say that the Bruins are going to keep Smith in the lineup if he's not producing. You know, they're not going to give him 20 games. They, you know, they have too many other guys that are fighting for those minutes. But I think Frederick's the guy that he either has to start producing in this third-line spot or they have to start looking elsewhere. Because, again, when you look at just his limited versatility in terms of his spot in the lineup, that's when things are going to get pretty tough. Yeah, I mean, again, Zaka Coyle, Smith, Felino, Nosek, and Greer. I, that seems pretty explanatory. Now, again, it's game eight of the season. Like, as yeah. we've said multiple times, the top, the bottom six will will jumble around a lot this year, I would imagine, just because you have Felino and you have Frederick, and you have Greer, and you have Zaka, and Smith, and Mark McLaughlin, and, like, you have all these guys, Lauko, um, that are in the system that can that can fill those spots. And, again, I just look at I just look at tonight, and they go, well, it's the first game with Martian back, wouldn't you? And I mean, unless again, they have, I know they're going to try to plan for Martian for 16, 17 minutes. Do you expect like Frederick to play more because of it? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. it's a matchup thing, but even then I don't know how that gives you an example. And it's funny, like you mentioned all those things with Frederick where they want, you know, the abrasive play, the, the, the offensive upside Greer has all that mm-hmm. <laughs> Greer has done that. I think Frederick hasn't. And I think, you know, again, I look at that and I go, that just seems like an obvious thing there. Um, but again, it's game eight. So I, I, I can't sit here and be like, oh, they, they jumbled, they they bungled this one, Connor, because it's, it's one game. Um, but again, I mean, I just, with Frederick, I have been, I mean, I know he's been a little bit better this year, but it hasn't been like to where I would put him over other people. Um, yes. I know that's, you know, but still, I just look at, at that and uh, I just kind of wonder why. Um, speaking of people returning, Brandon Carlo and Matt Grizzlick returned uh, or, you know, they have returned recently. Uh, Carlo's first game was back against Dallas. Montgomery said he was terrific. He was, you can see him out there. It was impactful. I think they were kind of dying for him to get back. I think the one thing with Carlo is concussion number five. We talked about this recently, but it's just like, you know, I understand he has to play, but it's like, you just, you get worried with him out there because, you know, as we've said numerous times, you could just kind of get checked against the boards and, that's a head injury. Um, how have you seen them returning, him and Grizzlick? Yeah, I think so far so good in terms of, I think people were on red alert early on in this year in terms of this defense, right? Whether it be the fact that they were kind of winning some high scoring games early on. You have the game against Ottawa um, where you're like, all right, are they going to be winning all these games 5-4 until McAvoy gets back, you know? so And I think they've uh, improved in that regard since then they've had a, quite a few games that have been lower scoring or I think as you said that game against Dallas even though it was close and they probably could have made things easier for themselves and third by kind of converting on one of those power play chances 
still did a really good job of, you know, limiting and shutting things down, protecting that one goal lead in the third period. Um, so you're kind of seeing the Bruins find a different way to win every game, right? They're, they've won in shootouts. They've won in overtimes. They've won in high scoring games. They protected leads. Um, and I think having this defense, fall, you know, settling into more of a groove, into more of a rhythm, buying into uh, Montgomery's system a bit more has helped out. And I think both Kyle and Grizzly, even though they have very different skill sets, they both complimented them in that regard, right? Like Kahlo, much people, you know, I think view him as maybe, you know, is he divisive, I guess? Like, I don't really know how, I think people just think he maybe has, just has a higher ceiling. He's not, yeah. yeah, I think people just think he has a higher ceiling, but even when he's playing his B game, I guess you could say, he's still effective in what he brings in terms of PK, you know, protecting those, th- you know, a game like, um, a game like Thursday against, uh, or Tuesday against the Stars is the game where, his value really comes out right where it's a low scoring, protecting the lead. And then Grizz like so far, so good um, entering Thursday, three points in three games. But again, for him, the whole thing is just the transition game. And for him, it's, you know, a good transition game is just as good as a good defense, right. In terms of limiting the amount of time, um, the amount of time you're in the D zone, the amount of chances, you know, with his ability to get those first passes, moving guys up and down, uh, the neutral zone, it's helped out tremendously. So you look at this team again, it's, it's the same as we talked about back in August when you're looking at treading water, like this decor, supposed to be pretty patchwork to start the year, but you're seeing once pieces fall into place, and obviously McAvoy is a big part of that, but whether it's guys like Grizzly playing their role, potentially as more of a second pair guy, uh, Derek Forbert stepping up, uh, Connor Clifton's been awesome. You know, he's a guy that you go through the peaks and valleys with him, but so far, if he's your third pairing right shot guy playing pretty well right now. And that's not even coming yeah. in, you know, a guy like Strawman who like looked good during the preseason, right? They've got depth in various areas across the lineup that once, you know, things fall into place here, Montgomery should have a number of different options he can turn to on that defense. Yeah. And you just wonder, and this goes back to the Martian thing where like, you know, we'd said what would be ideal for the Bruins to be, when Martian returns around Thanksgiving and, and we kind of said, you know, just above 500, like if they can be in a wild card spot, that would be so ideal. Cause once you get Martian and McAvoy back, it's a boost, all that stuff. These guys are coming back. They're six and one. And I just look at that and it's like, you know, and again, I, they're going to have their peaks and valleys throughout the year. This is, you know, a peak right now. I think they'll find their Valley at some point, but I just, I look again, I just go back to like this. There's something good is happening here. Um, they're legit. They're a legit team. Uh, and I think a lot of people nationally are starting to pick up on that where it's like, you know, they are for real. Now, a team like the Sabres, good for them. It's a really good start to their year, but you know that they're going to regress to the mean. With the Bruins, I mean, there might be a little regression, but this is the lineup. Like, this is this is kind of how they should be playing. Um, and you're seeing that. So, um, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at uh, Boston Sports Journal? Yeah, we'll obviously break down uh, Brad Martian's first game back in the lineup. Uh you guys will be able to read that as this podcast is dropped. But beyond that, we'll be looking at the other lineup decisions, who's you know in and off the NHL roster. It's something we, as of recording, have not heard in terms of what paper transactions are going to make. So we'll break that down. Um, looking ahead to, especially next week, they've got quite the test in front of them with games against Pittsburgh, the Rangers, Toronto. That'll be a huge kind of... Uh, you know, gut check for them in terms of seeing how they're playing at that point. So we'll have you covered every step of the way over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So please subscribe over at BSJ. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. 
Go do all that. Will you be power ranking Halloween candy at all? Will that be something that's in the mix? You're giving me a great idea for the Sunday notebook, Evan. Maybe I'll do that. You have to. You must you must do it. Uh, anyways, that's Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day and have a very happy Halloween. Halloween.